I'm glad you're here this morning because I've got something on my heart I want to share and, uh, over the next few weeks. And um, this is the beginning of this series. And so when I say the word to you, assassins, what do you think of? Yeah, Assassin's Creed, so for the younger folk, there's a whole game franchise, and the movie wasn't too bad, was it? Oh, eh, it was pretty bad, wasn't it? We saw it. It was okay. But uh, we, we think of uh, the games, for the Assassin's Creed, and depending on your age, you may think of JFK, who was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald, um, who in turn was assassinated after that by someone else. Um, you think of, do you know Joseph Smith, the founder of the Mormons, was assassinated? Just thought you may, that's, may find that interesting. Other people who were assassinated, Gandhi, yeah, I know, I feel it. He was, he was, uh, he was assassinated. Um, Abraham Lincoln, anyone with the beard? Nick, there you go. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Did, did that touch your heart? Uh, John Lennon. There you go, for all you hippies out there. I'm not looking at anyone. Assassinated. Martin Luther King. Assassinated. Not only have we got... There's a whole heap of people in history that have been assassinated. We've had some great movies. You know, I like movies. You know, um, the Born Identity. Who likes those Borns? They're, they're, the, they're full of assassins. Um, other movies, Gross Point Blank. Anyone seen that? Assassins. There's a movie called... The Assassin, which is all about, you know, you can work it out. Um, Zoolander. That's got an assassin in it. It has got an assassin in it. Terminator. Who's yelling? <laughs> Terminator. Pulp Fiction. Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. There's a, there's a great movie about assassins. Um... James Bond, hey? It's a great movie about a set. Uh, James Bond and uh, Mission Impossible. And if you, for those that are interested, a bunch of us guys are going to go and see the latest Mission Impossible later today. If you're interested, come and talk to me and we'll try to figure out what time it's going to be. So we, we like, we like assassin. I, I like, who likes assassin movies? Who doesn't? Okay, come on, Gary. Okay, look, 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 typically assassins, what they do, they, they infiltrate people's worlds, they remain undetected, they, until they get, they, they, in, in ordinary people entering their world, until they get, you know, they get that text message, or they get that signal, or they get that, that, that letter or that phone call that activates them to carry out their plan, which is typically to steal, to kill, or destroy. That's the, their work as, as spies or the assassins take the life, but as spies they will go in, they'll steal documents or they'll destroy things. They're hidden inside everyday communities waiting for that time when they're activated. You know, uh, if you don't like movies, maybe you could, if you like, if you're a buff of history, you know, the Trojan horse was another example where people infiltrated a fortified city. They snuck in. They got in there. And when night came, they got out and they destroyed the city from within. Or perhaps if you like uh, the medieval days when you have um, uh, like the three musketeers, all those type of things, um, when there's a secret tunnel under the castle walls and uh, under the under the cloak of night they, they let someone in the gate and then they sneak in and they hide in the palace. They hide behind the big thick curtains in the king's chambers waiting for the king or queen 
to come and then they sneak out and they go, ah, ah, ah. assassins out to destroy lives. They, they're out to, to kill and maim and hurt people. They strike swiftly, strongly and fatally. You know, I, I believe that like assassin, like an assassin, the Bible talks that we, we have an enemy of our soul who is out to destroy us. Peter would say, he says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. You know, whether we like it or not, or believe it or not, or talk about it or not, the reality is if you are a Christian, if you are a believer in, in the Bible that we use, the reality is the Bible talks about an enemy of our soul, the devil, who is out to destroy us. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's watching, he's looking, whose life can I take? Which family can I destroy? Jesus would say in John 10, 10, that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So this morning I want to talk about assassins. You know, I want to give credit to a book that I read a while ago that has really helped me think through some of this. It was a book by Andy Stanley called Enemies of the Heart. And he talks about the four emotions that can so easily affect our heart and lives. I want to encourage you, grab the book and read the book, Enemies of the Heart, it's a brilliant book. This morning I want to talk about the fact that we have an enemy at our gates. An enemy waiting for the right time, waiting for the right opportunity, waiting for the right moment in our lives to strike, to destroy our relationships, to destroy our character, to destroy our faith. And he takes aim at something we all have. The enemy of our, of our soul, the, the, the enemy, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him, he takes aim at one thing, I believe, he targets our hearts. Now, he doesn't target our physical hearts, I get that. But he targets our invisible heart. The heart that, you know, that the one that my heart that melts when my little six-year-old would come and sing a song to me. That's, that's, that's the invisible heart I'm talking about. Or the heart that when you hear a song that, that takes you back to your high school years, that, that heart that, that nostal- nostalgically takes you back and you remember things well. Or the heart that, that gets activated when you smell some perfume and it takes you back to a time that you have such a, maybe you remember your, your first date or a first, an event that you had that was so beautiful to you. Or the heart, the invisible heart that you have that, that, that races when you take your wife out for a date. Or your, if you've got one. Or if you, if you ask someone out for a date. That's the heart I'm talking about. The, the heart that's on the inside. But if I'm, in all honesty, that same heart that I have, it's the same heart that wanted to yell Christian swear words when someone drives in front of you. Come on, now you do it. You, you, you Christian swear words, we, 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 oh my goodness. <laughs> or when you drop your mobile phone and the screen smashes, that's when the Christian swear words come out. Or you drop it in the toilet. I don't know. They've all got them. I'm talking about the same heart. Or the same heart that is smiling on the outside, but seething on the inside. That's the same heart. The heart I'm speaking of is this this mysterious, wonderful, complex, confusing part of my life that enables me to love and to laugh and to fear, but also enables me to experience things that I wish weren't there. The heart is the sphere where relationships happen. The heart is the place where relationships flourish. 
But sadly, the heart is also the place where relationships are damaged. Jeremiah would say this about our hearts. He'd say, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Ooh, that's a bit harsh, isn't it? You know, one of my nostalgic songs from 1985 is a song by a singer called Fergal Sharkey. And he says this, A good heart these days is hard to find. <laughs> I'm going to edit that off the, uh, of the tape. Just your echo I'm going to edit off because mine was pitch perfect. You're laughing. He says, a good heart these days is hard to find, so please be gentle with this heart of mine. I was singing that to Ali once. I didn't really. But um, can I suggest, Fergal Sharkey, that a good heart these days is not hard to find. In fact, a good heart these days, I would say, is impossible to find. How many times have you said, you know, well, they, they've got a good heart? Oh, my, my kids, well, they've got a good heart. Yeah, the, the problem with that phrase, it's, it's, it's not what the Bible says about us. And if you're really honest with yourselves that, you know, I've got a good heart. But the reality is, if you had an honest look in the mirror, at some stage, at some stage you know, look, there's, there's plenty of good inside this heart. I get that. But I tell you what, there's, possible, there's, there's a lot of other stuff in my heart. It's possible for, for these enemies of my heart sometimes to stick their heads out behind the curtains and take a stab at something. Typically take a stab at someone. See, our hearts are the place where relationships flourish and grow. And sometimes uh, those hidden enemies in our hearts come out of the shadows and they start to inflict some damage. You know, maybe if you look at your life, you've sort of, you can sort of relate to some of this. Maybe in your life you've sort of managed to, to cover up your your... Anger. You've managed to hide it. You've managed to contain it. But all of a sudden, maybe you're noticing, well, all of a sudden things are starting to come out a bit. Things are starting to slip. You've got an edge to your voice and and you're wondering where that came from. Maybe you're watching someone who seems to be seemingly successful with their family, seemingly successful in their business or their ministry, and you're, and you're looking at them and on the inside you're thinking, what about me? It isn't fair. I've done my part. And I want my share. Do you young folk know that song? I didn't sing that one. You're welcome. Um, maybe you're struggling to be generous to others. Maybe to God and the offering comes back and you go, and stick this money she don't want to do it. On the inside, you're resenting it. Maybe there's, uh, there's this. Maybe you wish that you know who would spend some more time with you than with the other person. Maybe someone said something to you just the other day. All of a sudden, you bit back and you, wow. Maybe, you're, maybe things are starting to slip in your life and the guards that you put around your life, the, the filters you put around your life are starting to leak. The list goes on and on. 
Maybe it's getting harder for you to cover it all up. Maybe it's getting harder to behave yourself. Maybe it's getting harder to say the right thing, do the right thing. See, those things are merely symptoms of a deeper struggle. I believe that your heart is under attack. I believe that your heart is under assault. And the thing is, sometimes the things just sneak out when we least expect it. Maybe you've said something like this. I can't believe I've ever said that. I can't believe I just said that. And everyone's looking at you thinking, I can't believe they just said that. And you're saying, I, I, I don't know where that came from. It just sort of... I know where it came from. Have a guess. It came from the heart. See, we've all grown very good at covering up for our heart. We've all grown very good at, 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 at making, make, making things look on the outside like things are okay. But every once in a while when our guard is down, something leaks out. We, we swear we didn't mean to say it. Oh, we didn't mean it. We swear we didn't mean it. But the reality is we just didn't mean to say it. There's another movie uh, with Jim Carrey called Liar Liar. Who's seen that movie? Great, funny movie. He is a, a lawyer and a pathological liar. Please don't associate those two things. I'm, I'm sorry, Gary, I just had to look at you. But now you're no longer a lawyer, so you're fine. Okay. So, so he, every, he's all, it's a, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting you watch the movie, but it's a funny movie. Um, and so everything, he's making lies about every single thing. And that he builds his career in making lies. Anyway, so his son has a birthday and his son wishes that his father for 24 hours wouldn't be able to lie. And that magically happens. And so, so Jim Carrey, for, for one day, it's impossible for him to lie. Impossible for him to cover up what he really thinks. <clears throat> if, he, if he's thinking you're a jerk, he'd tell you. If he's thinking that, 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 that judge is, uh, is incompetent, he'll tell the judge. If he thinks that the girl is hot, he'll tell the girl. It's impossible for him to put a filter or cover up the stuff that just comes out of his mouth. How would you handle that? If all of a sudden, for one day, your guard is let down. For one day, every thought you have about the person sitting next to you or the person sitting across or the person that you... If, 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 if you couldn't control that... If you couldn't, if you couldn't stop it, if you couldn't put it back, if you could, if it was just coming out, how would you cope? <coughs> It'd be scary, wouldn't it? I'll let you think about that while I have a drink. Could it be that that if all the stuff came out, if people got to see? what's really going on on the inside, could it be that you do something about it? Could it be that, that all of a sudden you start to pay a bit more attention to the matters of the heart? Could it be that you would be less concerned about covering up and more concerned with dealing with the stuff on the inside? Over 3,000 years ago, King Solomon wrote this. He wrote, Why doesn't my clicker work? He did say that. I've done that one. He'd say, above all else, is this working or is that you, Heath? Okay. Above all else, guard your heart. Above guarding your mouth, above guarding your behavior, above doing it all looking good on the outside, 
above everything else, Solomon would say, guard your heart. It is the wellspring, it is the source, it is the <coughs> it is where life comes from. There's some good advice right there. You could go home right now with that question and that comment. So the question I have for you is there. How's your heart? How's your heart? I'm not asking how your family is. I'm not asking how your job is. I'm not asking how your car is. Or How's your heart? The times when you're by yourself and alone or the times when you have those moments to reflect. Really, how's your heart? I'm not talking about how's the stuff on the outside that I can see. I'm talking about the stuff on the inside that we cannot see. You know, Jesus spent some time talking to people who had had got their behaviours perfected. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 15 so you can start heading that direction or you can open your app up and find it. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus is talking to people who loved getting their behaviours right. They loved their rules. They thought life with God was all about rules. They counted all the rules that Moses gave them and they, they, they packaged it up and they thought, okay, we've got about 613 rules to live by. And so these people love their rules, they love their behaviours, and so they, they did all they could to keep those rules from God, because they thought that God only cared for them if they lived by the rules. And so they had their 613 rules, and then they added more rules so they wouldn't break the first set of rules. For example, one of the rules that the, the people had was uh, not to work on the Sabbath. That's one of the top ten of the rules they had, and they were pretty good at keeping the top ten. And so... So they had a rule, don't work on the Sabbath. So that was the goal. But in order, in order not to break this rule, they'd create a myriad of other rules just so you don't touch that rule. So you can't, you can't write, you've only got a certain amount of letters to write on the Sabbath and it's okay. You've only, you can only walk so many steps and that's not considered work. These are all additional rules they added to it. Or they had rules on cleanliness and cleanliness is a good thing. You know, we tell our kids before they eat what to do, wash your hands. <clears throat> that's, that, that's not a bad rule. So what they did, so they knew because in the Jewish law to touch things made them unclean. So they realized, okay, if touching things with my hands were bad, they started to wash not just their hands, but they'd wash up to their elbows. They'd wash their bodies. And so they'd, they'd, all the, they'd add all these extra rules just to protect them from the first set of rules. In fact, they'd have, they'd have to wash their hands uh, when they woke up, before dinner, after dinner, after a haircut, Good point. After they've stuck their finger up their nose, after they touch, yeah, after they touch their scalp, you know. So for those who are just sort of, you know, that, you'd be washing your hands all the time. They had all these rules put in place, and Je- and Jesus was talking to people who loved their rules, and uh, and so he'd say them that this is what the Pharisees are the ones, and the teachers of law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They asked him, "Why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition?" For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Now, talking about picking a fight, they just picked a fight with the wrong person. They, they were watching Jesus and his disciples, and they didn't perform all the little extra rules that made them happy. And so um, Jesus said in verse 3, he said, Okay, well, why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commands of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother, there's a rule, 
and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of a father or mother must be put to death. Verse 5. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't, they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Picked a fight with the wrong guy. And so Jesus is saying to these guys, you missed the point. You, you got the rules, but you missed the point. You missed God's heart in the midst of it. You're more concerned with the outside than what's going on on the inside. Jesus then goes on to quote Isaiah and says, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Jesus is saying, you guys might be able to sound good, look good, and act good. You might have even memorized the Bible, prayed long prayers, or given lots of money. You'd be able to, you could sing at the top of your voice, but your heart, Jesus is saying, the heart, the thing that matters the most, is far away from me. That's what God's saying. The thing that, the thing that really matters is away. The question I've got for you is, how's your heart? How's your heart? We can worship, we can sing, we can give, we can pray. How's your heart? So Jesus then turns his attention to the crowds, to the everyday people. He stopped talking to the religious people, turned his attention to the everyday people. And in verse 10, Jesus calls the crowd to come and hear. And he says, listen, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Now, now we may think, oh yeah, yeah, I know that. But to the people Jesus was talking to, they didn't get it. For the Jews, the Jews were extremely uh, concerned with what they put in their mouths. Even Peter, Jesus' disciple, would come to him in verse 15 and say, Jesus, explain, explain to us what you meant. I didn't get it. That the, that the parable that where you said that people aren't defiled by what they eat. Jesus said, well, well, don't you understand yet? Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. Well, thanks for that illustration, Jesus. I've got that in my mind now. I, I, I get that. I understand that bit. I've done, I've done biology in class and I've done, you know, I've eaten and I've pooped. I, I get it. They're saying, Jesus, but what are you really saying? Because we get that bit. And so Jesus in verse 18, he clarifies. He goes, but the things that, the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And these are the things that make a man unclean. Jesus is here, is saying something surprising to the Jewish people. God, God is more concerned with what comes out of the mouth than what goes into the mouth. And the reason for that is because what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. Jesus is saying, whatever comes out of your mouth comes from your heart. And you're here thinking, well, surely he can't mean that. You know, there's times I've, I've said stuff and I, I didn't mean to say that stuff and I, I don't know where that stuff came from. Jesus would say, I'll tell you where that came from. That came from your heart. But it gets worse. 
And then Jesus goes on to say that not only is the heart responsible for what comes out of our mouth, but also for our actions. Verse 19. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with your unwashed hands will never defile you. Man, that's pretty harsh, isn't it, really? I mean, evil thoughts, Jesus, don't my evil thoughts come from my mind? Well, Jesus is saying, you know what? Your mind is thinking those things because your heart is messed up. You see, it's a heart matter. And if you look at the stuff on his list, they're, they're all actions, they're all deeds, they're, they're all behaviours. And Jesus is saying, our words, our actions, our deeds, what we do, it all stems from our heart. And one of the problems we have is that we tend to keep a track on our behaviours. It's easy for us to measure our behaviours, that's what we do. Make sure we're doing the right thing. But the problem is we can check our behaviours as parents, we're checking our kids' behaviours, we're trying to discipline their behaviours. But the reality is, and, and we try to do this as much as we're able to, and we get it wrong, but it's not the behaviours we need to discipline, it's the hearts. You know, the, the, the Jewish people are all about the external stuff and, and churches through the centuries have been talking about the external stuff, but the stuff that needs to get talked about is our heart because that's where it all starts. We don't check our hearts enough because all of us, and I'll say all of us, have hidden assassins living in our heart. Hidden things in our hearts lurking hiding, waiting. Well, how do they get there? Well, a whole range of sources fills our heart with junk. You know, probably we can't just blame the devil, although we'd like to. Probably starts when we were kids. Words and wounds that, that people say to us, mean things they say to us, things they pick, us, pick on us for, and bullies in the schoolyard, stuff at home. Those things wound little hearts. And unless we're teaching our kids to deal with their hearts, they don't know what to do with them. And so, so we, 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 we cover them up, we, we mask it over, we say, well, I don't want to get hurt again, and so we, 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 we toughen up on the inside. But unless we've dealt with this stuff in our heart, it stays there, it lurks in the shadows, it hides behind the curtains. You know, things we've done, things we've said, Things we've covered up, shame, guilt, all those things sneak in and we sometimes we allow them in and sometimes we keep them because we don't know what to do with them. And we come and we sing and we cry out to God and, 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 and I think the beauty, the wonderful thing about this is that God is here to help us and I'll get to that at the end. But without God, we really got problems. And then so we've got, we've got stuff other people put in, we've got stuff that we allow in, that then there's the enemy, filling our minds and our hearts with his lies, sowing his seeds of rejection and failure. And, you know, over, over, over time, our hearts get bumped and scratched and messed up. Even the most loving and caring of families aren't perfect. And all of a sudden we have people growing up with hearts that are damaged and hearts that are in need of care. No wonder Solomon said, you know what, above everything else. Put down everything else. Lay it all down. Pay attention to this. Has your heart. See, if we, if we don't guard our hearts, 
everything is affected. Because we live from our hearts, we love from our hearts, we be parent from our hearts, we, we manage our money from our hearts, we conduct our relationships with, with, with people from our heart. Our words come from our hearts, our actions come from our hearts, our attitudes come from our hearts, and our faith, all those things, they flow from our heart. That's why we need to guard it. How's your heart? This morning, how is your heart? How do I guard it from inside attacks? How do I guard it from outside attacks? How do I deal with the hidden stuff? How do I, how do I handle the hard stuff? Well, that's what we're going to look at over the next few weeks in this series. We're going to look at how we can expose and deal with the assassins that lay inside. Destroying our relationships, destroying our character, even whittling away at our faith. We're going to look at how we can have clean hearts. Sound interesting? I reckon it is. I reckon for all of us who've got stuff on the inside, and I'll be the first one to say that I've got stuff on the inside. Even preparing these messages, I'm saying, oh, God, gee, I haven't, there's this stuff there, you know? I wasn't... We've all got stuff. And the good news is that uh, God wants to help us. God doesn't want us to go through life burdened by the stuff of our hearts. You know, for, for our young people, you know, God wants you to live, have hearts that are free and lives that are free from shame and guilt and, and he gives us guardrails and instructions for life and, and you know, you've got a wonderful season ahead of you and guard your hearts. Guard your hearts. For us as we get older, my encouragement to us is, hey, guard your hearts. The stuff you've done you can't undo. This pain you've had that, 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 that is hurt. There's a whole range of things we're going to touch on, but I want to encourage you as you move forward, guard your heart. Protect it at all costs because everything in your life is affected by it. It affects your job, your career, your family, your relationships, your boyfriends, your girlfriends. It affects everything. So um, next, week, next week we're going to have an attempt to take care of guilt. How do we deal with the guilt that's in our heart? Then we're going to get a chance to look at... Um, Anger, greed, jealousy. We'll sort of see where we end up. Um, we'll sort of see what happens with that. There's a song we used to sing, written out of Psalm 51, that would go, Create in me a clean heart, O God. I love that song. And, um, you know, Create in me a clean heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the question is we ask God to create a clean heart in us and he goes hey I can create a clean heart in you but you've got to change some stuff otherwise you're going to fill it with junk again for those who have had a, maybe you've gone to the doctor physically and you've had heart challenges maybe, maybe your, your, your diet or exercise all that type of stuff it has a part to play can have a part to play in your heart. And so God's saying, I can give you a clean heart. I can restore a right spirit within you. But you've got to guard it. Because if you don't guard it, things are going to come back. And things are going to, things are going to hurt your heart again and damage your heart again. Or perhaps some others have sung a song that would go, Change my heart, oh God. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. The older ones would sing that one. Change my heart, oh God. 
me like him. And we're saying, God, change my heart. I don't like this heart. I don't like the mess that I have. I don't like the issues that I have. And I'm sure all of us are like that. We're saying, God, would you give me a new heart? Would you, would you give me a, a clean heart? Would you change my heart? And God says, yes, I can. But here's your new diet. And here's your new exercise plan. Well, God, I, I don't particularly want to, to diet. I, I don't particularly want to change what I eat. I don't particularly want to change what I do. I just want a clean heart. And God's saying, I'll give that to you, but unless you change the stuff that you do, the stuff that you're feeding yourself on with your eyes, with your ears, if you, unless you change, the, the, if you, unless you guard your heart, those things that have got your heart damaged in the first place are going to come again. So over the next few weeks, we're going to... Uh, talk about some of the diet and the exercises that God wants us to do to keep our hearts pure. And I really believe if you let God, if you allow God, if you're bold enough to to go before God and say, here's my heart, God. I just know that he will come and he will help you. And I'm going to close with two verses. I'll get our worship team up while I read these two verses. But if you let God work in your heart, I know you'll never regret it. Two verses. Verse number one. Romans says this. Paul says, We know how God dearly loves us because he's given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. You know, God's given you his Holy Spirit. So, yes, we've got junk in our heart. Who else has got junk in their heart? Anyone got junk in their heart? Half of us have. The other half are lying. Um (laughs) We've, we've got junk. And, and the beauty is that God gives us Holy Spirit that will fill us with love. It doesn't fill us with condemnation. doesn't fill us with judgment. doesn't fill us with you're never going to be good enough. We've got the Holy Spirit living with us, with his love. Secondly, Philippians chapter 4 says this. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live as, as you live in Christ Jesus. You know, I want to start this series. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to ask you some questions. Let's just, just shut our eyes for a minute and not get distracted. I'm not going to ask for anyone to come out or put their hands up or confess their sins in front of the church. Not this week. Maybe later. No, I won't do that at all. Um, a moment between you and God. The question I have for you is, how's your heart? How's your heart? Is, is everything okay in there? Is, is there some anger? Any bitterness? Are you angry at someone? Maybe there's some guilt. Anything inside there that's just... pulling you down? Are there any secrets inside of you that, that you pray that no one else ever discovers? Is there a question that you hope that no one ever asks you? Is there some greed inside that is driving you to make some decisions that don't honour God? Have a jealousy. Have you secretly resented someone's success or have you celebrated their failure? Are there some lies down inside Are there things that are getting through your filter? Things that are sneaking out? 
things, things that are, that are leaking and you wish that you could change. How's your heart? How's your heart? Father God, I just thank you that, um, your Holy Spirit fills us with your love. And Lord, I stand here at the beginning of this series, Lord, and I just know, Lord, all of us have got junk in our hearts. All of us have got stuff in our hearts that we've either allowed in or given permission or stuff that has happened to us by others and our hearts are battered and bruised and broken and damaged and Lord, some of us have been carrying these things around for years and decades. Lord, I pray that uh, through your Holy Spirit that we would go on a journey that is full of your love. Also that your peace would guard our hearts. But Lord, that we would, over the next number of weeks, Lord, have a, a look in the mirror. That we do a heart check. Lord, that we'd understand that out of our hearts flow the issues of life. Everything we do is affected by our hearts, Lord, and I pray that you'll help us guard them. Guard them from the assassins that, that snuck in. And Lord, help us through your Holy Spirit, Lord, to, to discover how to walk in freedom, how to walk in grace, how to understand that, that we can change our exercise, change our diet, that, that you will give us a new heart, that you will create in us a new heart, you will change our heart, Lord. But help us to do what we can do. Help us to change, help us to guard, help us to look after and help us to be a people that walk around with clean hearts. Thank you for your promise and love that fills us. And Lord, help us to learn how to guard our heart. Why don't you just repeat this, say, Father God, help me to learn how to guard my heart. Because everything I do depends on it. I say that again. Father God, help me to learn how to guard my heart. Because everything I do depends on it. Amen.